This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it is. Off and running on this rainy Saturday, September 23rd. How is everybody doing? How's everybody feeling on a Saturday morning? Yes, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Could we possibly have more to talk about on a Saturday morning than this? I mean, just locked and loaded for a jam-packed three-hour extravaganza. Of course, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, hit me up on uh, the old Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until noon today. And boy, oh boy, it's week three in the NFL. We got to touch on some... Yankee stuff after the course of this past week. Some Mets stuff maybe too. We got our NFL picks to do. And boy, oh boy, do we need to pick up the slack. Oh my goodness. Rough week two. Rough week two. We'll get to some fresh receipts later on in the show. 10.30, we'll do what I learned on TikTok. But let's start with the football, obviously. Let's start with the start of week three, the Giants, right? Giants go out there on Thursday night, face off against the 49ers, and you were... It did not look good going in. Given the situation that the Giants were facing after the first two weeks of the the season, getting just run over by the Cowboys, and then having an alarming performance uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, one that ended with a win because of a furious comeback, but still, you weren't feeling all that great. And then you go into a short week, Thursday night, against perhaps the most talented team in the NFL, certainly one of the elite teams in the NFL. And you do so shorthanded, without your left tackle, banged up on the offensive line, no Saquon Barkley. And you may not have had, at least I I did not have the highest of hopes for the Giants, but that's the thing about the NFL. Any given Sunday. Perhaps it's the reason why they don't say any given Thursday, because the game went just about as you would expect. Giants lose to the 49ers 30-12, to so they're 1-2 and two on the season. And when we played the win-loss, win-loss, win-loss game, as soon as the schedules came out, I think that most people would have looked at the Giants' schedule and said, there's a good chance that they're going to start 1-2. and two. And that performance on Thursday night really, to me, kind of was what I expected going in. It's clear... There's a lot to be decided in the NFL season this year for every team, including the Giants. But one of the biggest storylines coming into the season, I think it's already been answered. And that was, have the Giants closed the gap on the elite teams? And at least through three weeks, it is clear, no, they have not. The Giants cannot measure up against the best teams in the NFC, and I'm sure that the best teams in the NFL. And the big problem there is two of those teams, two of those elite teams, are in their division. So they don't match up with the Eagles. They don't match up with the Cowboys. They prove they don't match up with the Niners. They probably don't match up with the Bills. And problem is all of those teams are on their schedule. So those teams they don't match up against, And you have to now wonder, do they match up against the next tier of teams? And that's really the tier tier of teams that they should be concerned with. Like Monday night against Seattle is a far better barometer of where this giant season will end. Because if they can't beat that tier of teams or certainly be far more competitive 
against that tier of team look like a more functioning team against that level of team, well, then I think we all know where this season is, is headed. And for Thursday, again, it was against a, a, a really talented team, one that they don't match up against. There's no way you could come away from that game not being concerned about the direction of the Giants' season. Again, I don't think it was a game that most people expected them to win, but I think you would have liked to them to be far more competitive. And in that performance, it was clear. Giants had uh, two big problems. One, they could not block, and secondly, they could not tackle. Though Those are, like when you're drawing up a game plan, those are pretty high. You Sometimes you don't even put those on the game plan because they're so essential, they're just assumed, right? We have to block and we have to tackle. And it's funny to hear people in their dissection of that game point to the play calling or point to the two-point conversion. The two-point convert guys. They could not block and they could not tackle. (laughs) The two point, that would be like, hey, I wonder what color we're going to paint the kitchen when you have no walls or no roof. Like, let's get some walls and a roof on this place and then we'll we'll get to the finer points of, of interior design. They could not block and they could not tackle. So if your takeaway from Thursday night was anything really to do with Daniel Jones. If that's your primary takeaway from that game, I I don't even know how to talk to you. I don't know what game you're watching. And I I would question whether or not you actually watched the game. The guy is running for his life. Not sometimes, let's be honest, he didn't have time to run for his life. That sack by Joey Bo, he didn't have a, he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, Daniel Jones, at quarterback. And he, he didn't even have time to react. It was like, it was like Joey Bosa just lined up, ran right into the quarterback. What, what exactly did you expect Daniel Jones to do? And I think it is also maybe time to have the conversation about the supporting cast that is surrounding Daniel Jones. Now, there was no Saquon Barkley, and that's, that's a big loss. Hey, Saquon Barkley was hurt. Problem is, he's always hurt. He's always hurt. And for all the people who are crying in the offseason, well, you know, you really got to pay these running backs. Where are you now? Where are you now? Yes, there's a reason why. The supply is plentiful, and the, the position is prone to injury. But back to Daniel Jones and and the uncomfortable conversation I think you have to have at least three games into the season. His supporting cast, there's all these conversations. Is Daniel Jones top five in the NFC? Is he top 10 in the NFC? Where where would you rank the Giants' supporting cast of Daniel Jones? Because I would have to say it has to be bottom five, right? Right? Seriously, what teams in the NFC have a worse supporting cast in terms of the skill positions than the Giants? Like I'm hearing, well, Daniel Jones has to elevate the play of the other guy. Who? Paris Campbell? Darius Slayton? Darren Waller? Wandale Robinson? This is his weapon? Look across to the other side of the field and what Brock Purdy's got to work with. Hey, Daniel Jones, he's really got to elevate these guys. Who exactly? 
And, and, and seriously, what teams in the NFC have a worse supporting cast than the Giants? Dallas? No. Philly? No. Washington? No. The Lions? No. Vikings? Uh-uh. Atlanta? Atlanta has skilled position guys up the wazoo. Buccaneers? Saints? Seahawks? No. Certainly not the Niners. You're talking about eh, maybe uh, the Pack, clearly the Bears, Carolina, Arizona, and probably the Packers. Yeah, that's five. That's five. So the argument of Daniel Jones is making $40 million, so he should elevate the other guys. Guys, come on. If he could elevate the guys he was playing with on Thursday night against the team that he was playing with against Thursday night, he shouldn't be getting paid $40 million. He should be getting paid $100 million. There's nobody alive that could elevate the play with what he had to work with on Thursday night. You know what? Forget it. He wouldn't even be playing in the NFL if he could do it. He would be patrolling the streets of Metropolis and writing for the Daily Planet. In the words of uh, the great Giselle Bunchen, he cannot throw at the ball and catch the ball at the same time, right? Why isn't Daniel Jones making Paris Campbell and Darren Waller look good? <laughs> the 49ers have stars everywhere. McCaffrey, best back maybe in football. Debo is made of titanium. Kittle's a pro bowler. Their fullback's a pro bowler. They didn't even have their best wide receiver. So the problem is not uh, Thursday night or, or Daniel Jones's play. If that's your takeaway, I really got to wonder what you're, you're talking about. If you want to focus on, on the big stuff, well, I would say two areas are of the uh, utmost concern offensive line, and the defense. And these are not like fun. Again, like when people are complaining about the two-point conversion. Guys, the offensive line was a sieve, and the defense barely made a play all night. (laughs) We're worrying about uh, the two-point conversion really took away their momentum. What? They couldn't block, and they couldn't tackle. What the hell are we talking about? So to me, the problem is not Thursday night. The problem as we sit here on a rainy Saturday, is that through three games of the NFL season that the Giants have played, the best case that you could have for the Giants being a playoff team this year is basically something along the lines of, well, they made it last year, and somebody's got to make it. Somebody's got to go. Yeah, sure, they're not the Eagles, they're not the Cowboys, they're not the 49ers, but somebody's got to go. Again, to go back to the conference, outside of the Bears, the Panthers, and the Cardinals, every team has been more competitive so far. And the Cardinals, you needed an epic comeback to pull it off. So if we all agree that there's a sizable talent gap between the Giants and the top teams in the, NF- and the, in the NFC and, and the NFL overall, maybe, maybe a down season might be, uh, might be better for the Giants in the long run. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. And plus, we'll touch on the topic right now. Through three games, what is the bigger concern for the Giants? Is it the offensive line or is it the defense as a whole? Or was it that pesky two-point conversion? 
Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, we've been talking about the Giants and uh, the performance so far on the season. Certainly want to hear from you. And, and after the, the loss of the 49ers the other night. And uh, I, I get it that the quarterback position is the most important position in sports. So every game is now going to be, I guess, viewed through that prism. But there are exceptions to the rule. And it almost feels like we, like with baseball, there has to be like a pushback a little bit against analytics. It, it almost feels like there has to be a pushback on viewing every single game. Well, if this team lost, clearly the quarterback was the problem. If you watch that giant game against the Niners and you thought you said, well, Daniel Jones is not worth $40 million, I, I don't know what to tell you. The guy had no time to throw. He was working with depleted weapons in an offensive line that was a sieve. It just is very odd to me. But yesterday, on I guess it was on Get Up, uh, Mike Tannenbaum kind of became, I felt like he was, he kind of captured the, the idea of what everybody who was uh, criticizing Daniel Jones had to say. Here's Mike Tannenbaum. At $40 million a year, you expect them to elevate the play of those around you because in a cap system, that's a lot of your allocation, and it's not good enough the way he's playing. And if you don't think he can take you to where you want to go, don't pay him $40 million. Keep looking because if you are chasing greatness with Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and trying to win in the NFC, and you don't think Daniel Jones can do that, like last night was the reason you signed him. I believe if we're going to pay a guy $40 million a year, you have to go on the road, no left tackle, no running back, no left guard, and find a way to win. And if you don't believe that, that, take your $40 million and invest it someplace else. I, I mean, if he is able to win against, again, maybe the best team in the NFC, maybe the best team in football, we'll find out. They're certainly one of the most talented teams. If he And one of the most talented defense defenses in the sport. With no left tackle, a banged-up offensive line, no Saquon Barkley, and the weapons that he would be worth way more than $40 million. And again, $40 million sounds like a lot, but it's kind of middle of the road. I think he's like the 12th highest paid quarterback. And that's just because if every quarterback became a free agent at the same time, if like every year it was like a series of one-year contracts, his contract would be even lower down the list. The only reason why he's as high as he is is because some guys signed contracts two, three years ago. I, I don't get it. There are so many more fundamental things wrong with the Giants than the play of the quarterback. And to, to point that out as, as if it was one of the headlines, oh, you make it $40 million, make it work. <laughs> uh, it seems a little strange to me. seems a little strange. Uh, in terms of the question that I posed there before we hit the break, what's the bigger concern for the Giants right now, the offensive line or the defense? Well, <laughs> it, it, that's a clash of the Titans right there. It, it, it's kind of both, right? I would say it's more the defense. Because the offensive line, you can point to the injuries. The fact that you don't have your left tackle, the fact that you have not been able to, to get any real cohesion because of the injuries along that offensive line, you're hoping at some point, at the very least, to get Andrew Thomas back, and, and that might help some. I don't know that it's going to fix the problem altogether. But right now, what's the excuse for the defense? The defense is kind of... For any giant team that's good, the defense is kind of the calling card. And the tackling, oh my God, it was abysmal on Thursday night. And overall this season, it's only three games, but there's been some consistent themes there, right? Like there's no big plays on defense. 
They finally got their first sack. They, they don't have any turnover. And overall, it just seems like they're playing with a like a lack of, of energy or a lack of fight. And that, to me, is, is clearly the bigger concern right now. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. All right, let's get some phone calls in here. I want to hear from the Giant fans. Let's start off with uh, Lewis is in Rhode Island. Lewis, first up on the Gordon Damer Show. How you doing? Um, great show. All right, so I like the comment on uh, on the Johnny Jones thing. I, I, I said I'm one of the biggest Giant fans out there. I think a lot of people put all this stock into the whole quarterback needing to be the hero, like needing to be able to carry a one. Mm-hmm. But you make solid points. I mean, when you got people that can't tackle, when you got when you got players that are blocking, I mean, how is that the quarterback's fault? The po- I mean, am I going to say that Daniel Jones is like, you know, is a Hall of Fame quarterback or has that trajectory headed in that direction? But for crying out loud, the guy, like you said, has no support, has no time to throw. And half the time, you got to wonder about the play calling too. Like, we don't throw the ball down the field enough. Well, I get it. He has no time. So we thought we, we dink and dunk, and then the guys he's dinking and dunk to can't even catch the ball. He throws the ball to Saquon when he's in there. Boom, he either drops the ball sometimes, interception. Then, you know, when he's in there, he's, he's, you know, he's running around, he's, he's cutting, he's jabbing, he's not hitting the hole. I don't know. I, I think a lot of the blame on Daniel Jones is not, it's not right. I mean, the guy's not a superstar. He's a, good, he's a good quarterback on a bad team. And I guess my next question is, if the Giants lose – the next four, like let's just say that they, they, they do, are they looking to trade Daniel Jones? Because at this point, to be honest, how good would Daniel Jones be on a team that actually protected and had weapons? Let's think about that. And do, is he worth more if they traded him? Because we're not ready. We need so much help that Daniel Jones is not going to be the guy to get us over. Honestly, even if we had like a superstar quarterback, I don't think I think we don't have enough. So that's, I guess that's my main point. That's all yeah. I really have to say about that. I think the whole Danny Jones thing is, is over, it's over the top. Yeah, I, I agree. Lewis, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I, well, look, the next four games are going to kind of tell you what the story of the Giants season is. you got Seahawks on the road for the Dolphins and Bills and then home for the Commanders. You have to, you have to be coming out of those games at, at the very least two and two, right? I mean, I think the Bills are kind of in that conversation. If we're, t- if we're saying that the Giants, as currently constituted, can't compete against the most talented teams in the sport, then I think the Bills are kind of in that conversation. I would not put them in terms of overall talent up there with the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Niners, but they're not too far behind. But that's the, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You, ha- you have to be, and Monday night against the Seahawks, that's going to be critical. And, and just get back to the, the Daniel Jones thing. Like, is it really that surprising that here's Brock Purdy, who was the last guy taken in the draft last year, is excelling and is throwing for 300 yards and leading an offense up and down the field where they have, like, more yards after the catch than the Giants had yards? Like, don't, doesn't anybody look at that and say, well, look, look at the support. It's not just the – you don't just get the quarterback and that's all that matters. You have to have something around him. And right now, Daniel Jones doesn't have a whole lot around him. And for all the talk of the offseason, oh, well, the Giants upgraded their weapons. They did upgrade their weapons, but it's because their weapons were so far dead. They were so bad before that, yes, this is the upgrade. But let's not, let's not say that all of a sudden this is good. Again, run through just the NFC. Where would you have the Giants' skill position players, even with Saquon? 
because Saquon's hurt a lot. It's not really that shocking that he's out right now. And Saquon can be a game changer, absolutely. But, you know, a lot of teams have game, and they have more than one. They have more than one. Let's go out to Column in the Bronx. Column next up on uh, the Gordon Damer Show. Uh, what's going on, Gordon? Good morning. So the point you made really quick with uh, with the Nick Bosa thing, that's, that speaks to the coaching, you, that, that play where it was almost a sack. You line up to that. You line up to that point, and we're going to run a bootleg, and we're going to chip. We're going to chip Nick Bosa with a tight end. That play should immediately be audible. Should be we're we're getting out of that play. It should not. That's not happening. So I look at it a couple of things. Is yeah, we weren't expecting to compete. You you had players missing. The Giants are not nowhere near as good as the 49ers. but there wasn't. It wasn't atrocious. It was twelve seven at twelve seventeen, you know, going into the end, going into the end of the third quarter, and there was a couple of opportunities. It was really bad when you had a third and fifteen and a third and thirteen earlier in the game, and you gave up screen passes on both of them, you know that, and they ended up going down and scoring it. They didn't really turn the ball over yet. Yeah, there was the one interception at the end of the game, but they just don't have enough talent, and they don't have, you know an incredible game mind bending scheme to make enough moves to do it. But like you said, when third, when Monday rolls around and they have 10 days to game plan and get ready for the Seahawks, if they're not at, at bare minimum competing in that game where it's, it's the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and it's anyone's game, then we have a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. And Colin, thanks for the phone call. I mean, to me, I'm not going to say must win because, again, it's only week four of the season. But that game, to me, that game is a far better barometer of where the Giants are at at this point than the 49ers or the Cowboys. Because those are the kind, if you're thinking this year the Giants are going to make the playoffs, they made the playoffs last year, uh, that's the kind of game you have to win. You know, you're not going to beat almost certainly the Cowboys the next time you play them, that those Eagle games are almost certainly going to be losses later in the season. Who knows? Maybe the Eagles won't need those games for whatever reason. Those are a long way away. But the the Seahawks, the Commanders, certainly the Raiders, the Patriots, the Packers, the Saints, those games are a better barometer of where the Giants are at. And because they've just been so non-competitive against the really good teams, they have to hit at a, at a better rate against those teams because it's, it's pretty clear they have a lot of good teams on their schedule. They have, like, the most talented teams. They have two of them in their division. They have the Bills on the schedule. They have the Niners on the schedule. So you're going to have to hit at a pretty high clip. If you're not getting any wins of those, you scratch those off the schedule. You're, you're looking for nine wins instead of in 17 games. You're now looking for them in – what is it? You, you take uh, in like 11 games or 10 games. I don't know. I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but there might be another really good team on the schedule. They have another one still against the Cowboys. They still got two against the Eagles. The Bills are still on the schedule. I don't think that there's any more of the elite team. I don't think they play the Bengals this year, although the Bengals are off to a rough start. Yeah, you're going to have to hit at a much higher rate as, as a result. And they got there's a lot to clean up. Again, to be focusing on play calling and two-point conversions after a game that you couldn't block and you couldn't get off the field because you couldn't tackle anybody, it seems to be focused on the minutia of it rather than the real major sticking points. If you can't block and you can't tackle, (laughs) you can't win. 
1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, get more of your phone calls. Plus, did you guys know the Jets are playing the Patriots this week? Also, did you know the Jets, they've lost a lot of games in a row to the Patriots? We'll detail that coming up. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey Cruz is a big resident Giant fan here. So, Harvey, through two segments, would you say I've nailed, am I missing some big point in terms of the Giants, or have I done an amazing job of laying things out? No, you've laid it out pretty good. Okay. You're doing See, fine. And look, Harvey does not want to ever compliment me, like most people. They, they would prefer to push back against anything I say, but... When you when you when you got it, you got it. I don't know what else to say. You and, and I are like the old school uh, WWF rivalries from the early '80s. In what way? Well, who you would know, you who would you be? And then I'll know who I am. Well, I'm trying to remember because you like Roddy Piper, don't you? Yeah. Oh, that was my guy. Well, my 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 parents are Scottish, so there was a natural, and I'm a contrarian, so there's a natural. Right. I asked the questions. Do you know how would it go? As soon as you think you have the answers, I change the questions. Right. Don't go sto- don't go throwing rocks at a man with a machine gun. I don't know if you can say that on the air anymore, but you know what I'm saying. You said some questionable things this past few days. In what way? What was questionable? You know what? Just give me a second here, because now now that we we're gonna have some promos like the '80s at this point. This is what you said seven days ago. It's impossible to penetrate him. Oh, well, that, well, that was just a that was just a, a mistake. An appetizer or a mistake? Yeah, that was, no, that was just I just went down. I just went down the wrong hole. I, you know, you know. My goodness. You know, you know what I'm saying. I sure. went down the wrong road. Okay. It happens sometimes. It happens. It happens. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. So, in terms of the Giants, and, and this is an uncomfortable. I like to raise uncomfortable truth sometimes. And the uncomfortable truth with the Giants is, if we're all in agreement that the Gettleman years were a disaster. And I think we can all agree that they were a disaster. Well, then Joe Shane has to kind of dig out from that disaster. And if we're all in agreement that the Giants can't compete against the most talented teams because they're not the most talented team, well, then maybe a down season really isn't the worst thing in the world. Now, you don't want to think that three weeks into the NFL season, but reality's kind of smacking you in the face. Like, would you rather have a nine-win season this year where you're kind of competing, but knowing that to get the, the, the big time that you're going to be drafting in the middle of the round as opposed to the top of the round? I don't know. There's a lot riding, basically, on Monday night is what I'm telling you. Because if you're not beating the Seahawks at home – and then you get the Giants and the, uh, excuse me, then you get the Dolphins. You have the Giants after next. We can't beat the Giants? We are the Giants. No, then you have the Dolphins and the Bills coming up after that. If you don't play significantly better, you are staring one and six right in the face, right? Oh, no, excuse me, one and five. One and five. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Danny is on Long Island. Danny, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. You know, Gordon, as I'm waiting to go on, I'm thinking about the irony of the fact that we remember back, we used to, you have, used to have a little skit where you were contractually obligated to mention Aaron Rodgers at least yes. once an hour. That, yeah. And now the season's here, and we don't have to mention him at all. Oh, he'll still find that. a way to get mentioned. Like, he, likes, he in, loves we, the we, attention. 
24-7 in March, we had to talk about Aaron yes. Rodgers. Yes, Couldn't wait. And now that the season's here, we're not talk- we don't have to talk about it. It's, un- it's really unbelievable. But listen, I, you know, I'm watching the game the other night, and I'm not that overly impressed with Purdy. And his arm strength is questionable. A lot of balls he floats in there. He, he's short. He got a lot of balls knocked down at the line. It's clearly obvious that he's surrounded by collectively probably the best set of talent of any offense in the league. The backup running back could be a starter on about Absolutely. 30 other uh, NFL teams. Absolutely. And their best wide receiver was out for the game. So <laughs> right. he, you know, it's, it's yeah. you know, I was wondering, like, and, and they, they were toying with the Giants that if, when they kept coming out and passing three times in a row when it was clear that their running game was just sweeping and going anything they wanted. And the Giants, even when they were in it, I never felt like they were going to win it. I thought there was a backdoor cover chance, which was going to make me a little nervous. But what? But I, I, I did make one wager on the game, and that was Nick Boza to get a sack. And boy, was that a delicious tasting chicken wing! As as I saw the play open up like like a gift from God, and here it goes. First quarter, Bing Ching cares register sound, and he, they just have dominant players on both sides of the ball, and coaching which knows how to get them open. And and even with, like, uh, Purdy, I don't know how many yards he had. He had a, This is a team that's throwing seven-yard screen passes, and the guy runs for 30. So, yep. like, a lot of his yardage doesn't even have anything to do. It's just inventive. It's fresh. It's unique. And it, it really is a testament to coaching, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, and, and the GM, too. Danny, thanks for the phone call. Uh, and I think John Lynch just got a new extension. Was that yesterday or today? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, a new extension for him as well. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we I laid it out in the in the open. The, right, you're, you're right. The, the the best receiver on the team didn't play. Uh, they have a, a backup running back who could be a starter for most teams. Their tight end is is a, is a pro bowler. Their fullback is a pro bowler. <laughs> I mean, they got weapons all over the place, and and it felt like Nick Bosa looked at Daniel Jones like a chicken wing on that first sack of the season. So, um, yeah, it was it was not. The, it was not a great performance. I, I feel like uh, the fact that they got a touchdown on their opening drive of the second half kind of, uh, well, we, we, weren't, we weren't blown out. I think that a lot of people are gauging it by the Cowboy game. Well, it wasn't 40 to nothing. Well, it shouldn't be 40 to nothing. It never should be 40 to nothing. You, you got thoroughly dominated in that game, which you'd have to expect. You'd have to expect. Let's go out to uh, Subi as a midtown. Subi, go. Hey, Gordon, I was thinking about the offensive line for the Giants and maybe even the Jets. You know, they were drafting so high in the last 10 years. You would think that there would be a star offensive lineman who falls in their lap, but that never came about. Evan Neal, is he supposed to be, like, in a grace period for two or three years? Or with with the Giants players in general, do they always get two to three years before they prove themselves? And then uh, I just got to point out uh, with the offense – you know, I was mentioning 20 points per game for both teams. Are we looking at a period where they're not going to even touch like 25 points per game um, for the next two years? Because of Who? The, Gi- the Giants you're talking about? Giants and even the Jets. Like, do, do we have to hope for like 30 points? Like, 30 points is like uh, not going to be attainable in the future. That's all I got to say. All right, Toby. Well, look, I think the Giants, it's just bad. It's a bad matchup. They just don't match up with the 49ers. Very few teams can match up with the 49ers. So, um, I don't really, to me, that one is, is kind of explainable. Um, now, we'll see how things move forward and, and when Saquon gets back and and if when he gets back, he's he's a hundred percent back, or is he 
Is he back in the lineup, but he's still playing at 50%? Uh, we shall see. I, I think the Giants will uh, still be able to score points. I don't look at it as a desperate situation like with the, the Jets. Right now with the Jets, based on the fact they have Zach Wilson at the quarterback, you know if the other team scores 20 points, very good chance you're not winning that game. Very good chance you're not winning that game. And and, and in terms of the offensive linemen, uh, between the, the two teams, I think Andrew Thomas is a star. It's just that he's hurt right now. So you got to get him back, and he's your left tackle. And Evan Neal has been a work in progress. But I think that pro football focus, they looked at all the offensive linemen, and Evan Neal actually had, like, the best game of the Giants' offensive linemen, which is not exactly speaking great uh, of the uh, Giant offensive linemen. Now, the off- it's amazing that for five years we have spent time talking about offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. Now, right now, the Giants' offensive line is, is banged up because Thomas is out and they're, they're shuffling some things around and they've not been able to stay healthy overall to kind of build some, some chemistry. But, man, yeah, you're right. The amount of time that – most teams don't have perfect – you do have to operate without a perfect offensive line. But I think the Giants and Jets over the last five years have shown you if you have a really bad offensive line, you really can't do anything. And that, to me, that was the case uh, on Thursday for the Giants. Let's go out to a Brian is in Milburn. Brian, you're next on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Daniel, how you doing? Um, I just want to say to you, you know, I'm a 49er fan, and I hear somebody calling talking about I'm not impressed with Brock Purdy and all this other stuff. Listen, first of all, ask the game in the NFL to show how to process. That's why he got the job, because he processed and he throws with anticipation. If you watch football, that's what it's about. So I don't know why people call in the station and tell them that they're not in. Worry about your team. <laughs> worry about how your team do. You feel me? Now, as far as Daniel Jones go, I think he's a star. He could be a superstar with the right head coach in the offensive line. It's just that for some reason, Giants can't build an offensive line. And that's been a problem for years. Look at your Dolphins, Damon. Yeah. You think uh, two is the greatest quarterback, the most skilled quarterback in the world? No. no. He got a nice arm, and he throws mm, with anticipation no, when he got an offensive line and weapons with him. That's what makes a quarterback great. Well, I think it's also coaching with Miami. Thanks, Brian, uh, for the phone call. I, I, well, look, in terms of Brock Purdy, he's, he's not the most impressive quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's coming off elbow surgery, but he doesn't have to be. Like, what we're saying is a lot of it has to do with situation. It's almost like... Like, we're talking about the, the Chicago Bears and how bad they've been so far this year. And, oh, boy, you really have to be worried about Justin Fields. And you do. But the situation that he's been thrown into is not we, – we look at these quarterbacks, and there's so much focus on the quarterbacks, and there's so much focus on the draft, as if these quarterbacks come into the league as finished products when they're really more of a big lump of clay. And sometimes you get more clay than other parts of clay. But yet you have to kind of mold that. You do it with coaching, and you do it with talent, and you do it with all these different parts of the game. And uh, it's kind of hard to – I could not look at that game, and I couldn't look at the first game and blame that on Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, if that's – nobody played well, but the biggest problem was the quarterback. All right. If that's the, if that's the way you want to go. If that's the way you want to go. Hey, join your favorite ESPN New York host at the Ultimate Tailgate Party located in Lot G11 before the Jets take on New England tomorrow. We'll have plenty of tailgate games, music, and prize giveaways. The ESPN New York Ultimate Jets Tailgate is brought to you by Corona, Don Julio Tequila, and Guinness. 
1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls on the Giants. We've got a hit on the Jets as well. Lots to do. Just getting started on the Gordon Damer Show. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I've been thinking about doing a segment like where we analyze NFL issues through a prism of DEFCON, like the DEFCON scale. But what you realize, the DEFCON, there's five DEFCONs. Five is the lowest, one is the highest. And I only know that because I'm looking at it right now. I always screw that up. It feels like DEFCON five should be like, whoa, whereas that's the lowest one. But what you realize is scales of five are bad. You, you, scales of three. You just, everything should be three. Because like DEFCON 5 is lowest state of readiness. Are we ever going to say that we're at the lowest state of readiness? No. So you, cr- you scratch that one right off the, you're already down to four. So it feels like if you are to break it down in, in a scale of three, I would say that the Giants would be two. Clearly two. And if they lose to the Seahawks, well, then it's one. One is full-blown pa- panic. That would be full-blown panic. Now, maybe you're at full-blown panic already. I don't think so based on the opponents. You were supposed to you, – you, you, you had to lose to the Cowboys. Now, you didn't have to lose 40 to nothing, but still, you, you were going to lose to the Cowboys. You were going to lose to the Niners. But they're at two. One is, is right, um, right in the offing if we had to break it down based on DEFCONs. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Am I, would, would that be fair, Harvey? Would you say if, if I had to give you three DEFCONs to work with, where would the Giants be on the DEFCONs? I'd probably go three. Lowest state of readiness? You're not concerned at all? Is that what that means? Yeah. Th- well, if we're, if we're scratching five and making it a three scale, the, the lowest one is lowest state of readiness. Normal readiness. So you look at the Giants, you're like, this is all No, normal. I would probably go two or 1.5 yeah. or three if it was possible. 1.5. I don't, there yeah. is no 1.5. I You're understand. Not, yeah. well, well, how would you feel? Would you call it I, I just said I'd put it on two. If it's would, out of three, I would put it at two. Would, and, and one, I would know where the button, like if, the, if, the, if one is like under the little glass case where you have to put the two keys in, at the, I would have both keys out. Sounds like some anxiety or agita. Yeah, I, I would even say that both keys are in the, the keyholes. Maybe the glass thing has not been flipped up yet, but but DEFCON 2 is, it's, it's higher than just 2. 1 is, I think there's a better chance it goes to 1 than 3. Let's put it that way. Is that I would fair? hope not. I would hope not, but I see what you're getting at. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Freddie is on Long Island. Freddie, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how are you? Great to uh, be on the radio with you. Thank you, Freddie. I appreciate it. So, so you know, a lot of people are not talking about Darren Waller, mm-hmm. right? This guy was a very big acquisition. Acquisition. They paid him good money. All we heard in the offseason is this guy's going to open up the field. He's going to catch 100 passes this year. He's good for 10 touchdowns. And the Giants are not using this guy the right way. I mean, I'm watching the 49ers game, and even during the first two games, they're lining this guy up as a wide receiver out to the right, out to the left. You didn't see Gronkowski do this. You don't see Kelsey do this. You didn't see George Kittle do this. Why are they not lining this guy up, putting him on the line as a traditional tight end, having a linebacker over him, and just have him toast linebackers all day long. 
This guy should be catching five to a seven catches minimum a day uh, a game for 70 to 80 yards, maybe a touchdown. But instead, they're lining him up against a traditional defensive back, and he's not going to excel that great against guys that are smaller than him and faster than him. He's driving me nuts. I, I, I don't know what you think about it, but, I mean, that's why I thought. And I'm not even a Giant fan. I'm upset because he's a fight fantasy team, okay? <laughs> and while I'm watching Giant games, I'm like, why are they not using this guy the right way? Yeah. Well, I, well look, Freddie, I mean, they have tar- – I mean, I think he has, like, 20 targets on the, se- on the, on the season, and thanks for the phone call. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of hard to get things – like, it all goes back to the beginning. If you can't protect – uh, you, you can't like the way you beat the Niners traditionally is you, you throw passes down the field. You have to attack them down the field. How are you going to attack them down the field when you can't block up front? So, yeah, if you're if you're looking at Daniel Joel, he's only he's only hitting checkdowns. Yeah, that's all the time he has to. He has. So until that blo- until that situation gets squared away, um, it's kind of hard to deal with anything. Like if you're drawing up a list of the to-do list, the first thing on that list is we got to be able to protect better because everything other than that kind of feeds off of that. And, and Waller, he, I thought he was, he was really good in the, um, in the, in the Cardinal game. I think he had like 70 yards there and they have been trying to, to feed him the ball. He's had 20, he's had 12 receptions in three games. Okay. So a little lower 20 targets in three games. It, it, it did always seem like in the offseason when we were talking about the improved offense and the improved weapons that Darren Waller and, and, and Paris Campbell and a third-round rookie, it did seem like it was getting a little overblown. Now, they, they did improve the weapons because the weapons before that were, were even worse, but it's not this huge upgrade, and it certainly doesn't, again— Go through the NFC. Tell me five teams in the NFC who have worse weapons than the Giants. It, it's kind of hard to find them. It's kind of hard to find them. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we have to get to the Jets. As I mentioned before, I don't know if people notice, but they're playing the Patriots tomorrow. And it's been a while since they beat the Patriots. Can they do it tomorrow? We tackle the Jets next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Why are they not using this guy the right way? 